Welcome to Every Rocky Ever, a Rocky Mountain Rooftop podcast, the Colorado Rockies affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm Skylar Timmons. That's my brother, Dustin. And as we journey forth here through the entirety of the Colorado Rockies, and what better guy to start with than the big cat himself, Nevada, Venezuela, one Andres Galarraga. Uh, Dustin, this is... Probably your first baseman, more so than it is mine, just purely for the age that that he he played in. Oh man, the big cat was the guy that you know made such a huge impact. A super good guy on the field was amazing. Uh, iconic batting stance with the Rockies, and man, he. He's a great Rocky to start this off with. Yeah, when we were kind of figuring out well, who would be the first one, uh, the big cat seemed like an obvious pick. Not only is he the very first Colorado Rocky, our first superstar, ton of first for the organization, but he's also just that big fan favorite. Like you mentioned, always a big smile, positive guy. You're hard-pressed to find anybody that's followed the Rockies to not have something good to say about Andres Galarraga. So it's going to be exciting to let's kind of dive into his career here. But first, we're not just going to focus, we'll focus primarily on his Rockies career, but we'll do a quick overview of his career, of where he played. Uh, he played for a long time uh, in the big leagues. And so he, he's got that storied career. We know him for his time in Colorado, but that's still just a drop in the bucket over the course of his entire career. And Dustin, I'll, I'll let you kind of do his rundown here uh, over on his baseball reference page. Great resource that we can use to 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 look back in time. But tell me about Galarraga. Tell us about Galarraga. Well, Andres Galarraga was born uh, June 18th, 1961 in Caracas, Venezuela. And he made his major league debut. He was signed by the Expos and made his Major League debut August 23rd in 1985 when he was 24 years old. And he played with Montreal from 1985 all the way to 1991. Then he went over to St. Louis and didn't have that great of a season. He was released and was the like we like you said earlier the first Rockies free agent the first Rocky ever and he was the Rockies starting first baseman for five consecutive seasons all five seasons he was with Colorado and 1998 he moved on to play for Atlanta and he played for them for a couple of seasons uh, went over to tech, the Texas Rangers, over to the San Francisco Giants, back to Montreal, back to the Giants, and played his last, had his last major league action uh, with Anaheim in 2004. In 2005, he went to spring training with the Mets, but decided to retire before spring training ended. So, you know, that was 19 years of major league service. He was 
you know, impactful everywhere that he went. Um, but that's, that's what he had. He was a five-time All-Star, a two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger, and won that batting title in 1993 with the Rockies. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it, you think of the the damage that he did in Colorado, and that's probably where he's best known for. Uh, we'll get into that. But it's just cool to see of that entire career, a guy playing for nearly 20 years, where that's not happening as much anymore. Especially these days, the way the game's played, where guys are lucky if they get 15 years. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, 19, and he's a he's a huge guy. Mm-hmm. He was 6'3", 235 pounds, but he was nimble. And you look at his at his stats in that career, and with his with the health issue, he suffered a ton of injuries throughout his career. He had a um, you know the fight with cancer in nineteen ninety eight uh, or the nineteen ninety nine uh, season, and you know he he's just a a great a, you know a great player, and it's crazy to see you know all those different places that he was at. He his his stats, and you know he was our he was our guy. You know mm-hmm. one of those founding members of the Rockies, the Blake Street Bombers, mm-hmm. and. Just like I said, just an awesome guy. Yeah, and kind of some of these career totals. Said uh, 19 years in the big leagues, finished with a slash line, a 288 batting average, 347 on base, 499 slugging, ended his career with 399 home runs and with 2,333 hits in his career. And Oh, for some of you nerds out there that like the more advanced stats, an OPS plus of 119. So 19% better than in the entire history of Major League Baseball. He is you know, 19 points better than the average big leaguer, which pretty good over his career and something I'm sure he's also proud of, 128 stolen bases in 19 years. So good for the big cat. And we don't have advanced stats for his... For his uh, fielding, but as you can tell, gold gloves are usually a pretty good indicator of how a guy does defensively. And so it's not just with the Rockies, but over the course of his career, he had some ups and downs, but an overall really solid player no matter where he went. But as we know why we're here, we're here to talk about every Rocky ever. It's I figure it's best that we spend most of our time with what he did in Colorado. So like you said, 1993 to 1997 is age 32 to age 36. So he was not a young man playing in Colorado. No, and that's and you know the, those those five solid years, and it was it was new for everybody playing at altitude, playing at the Old Mile High Stadium, and and going through. You know, he had a really tough season. That 92 season in St. Louis. Luckily, he met, he had Don Baylor as his hitting coach, tweaked some things in his in his batting stance so he'd keep both eyes on the pitcher and then get that big leg kick into the into the pitch. And that was just a perfect setup to have success in Colorado, especially in those slugfest days. Mm-hmm. When they're, they're scoring 15 runs a game, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rockies weren't winning games because of their pitching in those early days. 
And I like that you bring in Don Baylor, the Rockies' very first manager, who was instrumental in, but just had this weird touch with all these Blake Street bombers, those guys in the early days. Don Baylor happened to be the hitting coach down in St. Louis in 1992, and that's where he meets Galarraga, who at that point was really struggling. He had some of those down years. That last year in Montreal in 91, he's struggling. Injuries and everything. He was struggling with just 10 home runs and 347 plate appearances in 1992, uh, about the halfway through the season. And you know, he was, this is Manny Rendawa, the writer for MLB.com, in his book, Blake Street Bombers, brings up that Don Baylor finds him under the, the bleachers at Old Bush Stadium in St. Louis, and Galarraga's just in tears because he figures his career's over because he's just been struggling so much and nothing's going right for him. And Galarraga, or uh, Don Baylor comes and kind of puts his arm around him and kind of consoles him. And what Don Baylor says, what he told him is, I told him the same thing everybody else had been telling him. He was just ready to listen. Opened up his stance, that iconic stance that everybody came to know and love in Colorado. Don Baylor had given him that, helped him figure that out down in in St. Louis. Goes on a tear in the second half of the season. His final, what was it? After hitting a buck 86. Uh, with two home runs and 165 plate appearances prior to the All-Star break. He hit nearly 300 and slugged 497 with eight home runs in second half. So it just completely altered his swing. Uh, Dustin is someone who was able to witness it in person, I guess in person and in and, you know, and clips and everything. What was so unique or interesting about Galarraga's batting stance, I guess, that made it so endearing or unique to people? Well, I think uh, because it was for me, his legs were so far apart, you know, with the, you know, his back leg was all the way out there and he, he was already a big guy, you know, six, three two thirty five. He's huge and intimidating. And when you're seeing his whole body staring back at you as a pitcher, you know, looking at the old clips, of how hard the ball would come off his bat. And wow. it was it was scary. And I, I think that goes back, you know, even when he was a kid in, in Venezuela, that's what caught a lot of people's eyes, especially uh, Felipe Alou down in Venezuela saw this kid just ripping the ball. Chubby 16-year-old. <laughs> had so much strength. And so it was just something that, that for me, it was out of the – out of the ordinary, that super, you know, exaggerated wide stance and just that power going through the, going through the baseball. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's any, you know, those, those Colorado fans back in the day that didn't try to do that Andres Galarraga batting stance <laughs> and yeah. try to recreate, recreate what he could do. Yeah. Because you no, know, pretty standard. You stand square in the box and kind of look through one eye, and Don Baylor opens it up because he's right-eye dominant. When you're batting right-handed, you're looking with that left eye mostly. Open up the stance so you're facing the pitcher, use both eyes, makes you a better hitter. And it, it 
panned out pretty good in the next year when they signed him for a measly $600,000 uh, for a one-year contract heading into the 1993 season with some incentives. It probably goes down as one of the best free agent signings in Rockies history. It has to, you know, way better than some of the, some of the Rockies will get into on this, you know, those contracts were horrible, but this one, this was an absolute steal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that first season, I think we can focus on primarily here that 1993 season, the pandemonium, the excitement of Rockies baseball, Denver finally has a team. Everybody has a local team to root for breaking attendance records, exciting things. And it helps to have a superstar to really kick things off in that first season. And Andres Galarraga, who said in that first season, a lot of firsts that come through for the team. He played in 120 games. So still not, still working on some health, everything like that would hinder him throughout his career. That first season, all-star, or first all-star, 120 games. Led the league in batting average with a 370. His close, his highest before that was a 305 in 1987 when he was 26 years old. He was taking full advantage of playing in Colorado. Oh, most definitely. And it, and he compiled 56 multi hit games to lead the league that year. Mm -hmm. And it was. 370 think about that and you think of those times you know later on that first baseman that came up after him where it was all with Todd Helton it was always a thought of well he could hit 400 would he be a guy to do that but then you know it's just crazy with an expansion team a new new place and some you know what people thought maybe was a washed up player and he hits 370 mm -hmm. you know and and it was just crazy. 22 home runs, 98 RBIs, 71 runs, 35 doubles, four triples. You know, he, he had a little speed in him <laughs> and that, that 602 slugging percentage, mm -hmm. which uh, that was still, that was second in the league. And, and who was right behind him? Tony Gwynn. Mm -hmm. Mentioned along with Tony Gwynn. Yeah. You, you were doing things the right way. Yeah. You no, know, just a guy that was getting on base looking at his stats here, I didn't realize he had a pretty good season. Didn't strike out much in 93. He was walking, not much, but 24 walks. But you'll take the hitting 370 because he's hitting the ball out of the park, hitting it anywhere and everywhere in that first season. Now, I believe he won the Comeback Player of the Year award that year as well. First of two that he would have in his career. And it, and it Probably was exciting. What a treat for Colorado fans. I'm sure in that first season, you've got this star player immediately who's just making a huge impact for your club. Oh, definitely. And especially he, he got the first Rockies hit against the Mets against Dwight Gooden. And so, you know, that I think it, that's one of those moments um, that I do remember, it, you know, trying to – you get into the Rockies and all this stuff. Yeah, they didn't do too well, but he did have that, you know, he he was that first rock, the first of a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's nice is that then through that five years, he was helping build that basis of what the Rockies 
you know, could be when an offense is rolling. You know, and a rare instance of you have a slugger who is also providing some high-quality gold-glove defense at first base. You know, even with the injuries and everything, wasn't hindering him on defense. But it was nice to just have a cornerstone there, especially for an expansion team trying to find its footing. You've got a guy like Galarraga there to help lead the way, anchor an infield. That was you know, that middle infield, probably was rotating a bit. His buddy Vinny over at third base. Nice and solid to have the big cat handling the, the other hot corner. Oh, definitely. And and that's something, to, you know, we want to talk about is Rockies, Rockies history, but everybody's like, big cat. Yeah, he's a big guy, but um, I guess that came out when he was in playing rookie ball in Calgary. And mm. his, his manager at the time, Bob Bailey, you know, just said, you know, this kid's got cat-like reflexes and this agility. And so that's where big cat. And I think that was, that's part of his lure, his, his, his lore is that nickname, you know, the first, mm-hmm. our first player. And that's one of those things. He was marketable in that way. And, and he played with a lot of good info, Walter Weiss and, and Vinny over, over at third base. You know, he, he, Galarraga anchored a lot of those decent, uh, pretty decent infields. Mm-hmm. And you could see his influence perhaps then on his successor in Todd Helton, who went out, will like go down as one of the best first basemen in the history of baseball, you know, defensively. That first base defense, yes, he had the slugging he was hitting, you know, that prototypical first baseman power that you expect. Yeah, he was striking out a lot in those over the course of that contract. Uh, after that first year, he signs a four-year contract. Uh, struck out a lot, was leading the league in strikeouts. But it, it all evened out. Even It evens out one way or another. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> He'll take 40 home runs if he's leading the league in strikeouts still. And still oh, yeah, hitting like it, 280. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, myself in my hitting days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Yeah, and those... Five years, hit under 300 just once, and that's in 1995, their playoff year. So nice and consistent coming at a at a Galarraga. Well, even in that 95 season, you know, that's where that 95 season is where a lot of the these had uh, from what I was going through, uh, there was two two of those moments those Galarraga moments that that stick out and the first was in June that June 25th 1995 where he hit three home runs three consecutive innings and so that is it tied a major league record and like you said that season batted 280 so that's still pretty good 31 homers 106 RBI and he was able to be healthy and, and that was key in helping the Rockies clinch that first wild card in in ninety-five. But speaking of that again of that ninety-five season, that three homer game, and that was against San Diego. And it's cool going back and listening to that the the Padres 
broadcast and they were just like, all right, here it comes again, you know, and, and just ripping the ball. And then a couple weeks later, July 3rd of 95, he had six hits, six consecutive at bats against the Astros. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that one he had just mashing the ball. And those are in 1995, two of those, you know, career moments that a lot of people remember. Uh-huh. And again, those, you know, set Rockies records that later, you know, Charlie Blackman would would go and say, Hey, I want to be part of that six for six club too. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's those are in that 95 season, a couple of key moments that I remember. Mm-hmm. And, and what's cool is when you look back at any of his highlights, just the bat coming off his ball is, you no, know, he hit it with some authority. And that's something that sometimes you miss from the, the more modern day Rockies. You know, it's cool to see them rip the ball, but just be even before those advanced metrics, stat cast and everything, you could just, with the eyeball test, this crack of the bat, you knew that Galarraga was smoking that thing wherever it went. Oh, yeah. And I think that rolls us into the most iconic Galarraga moment was in 1997 on May 31st Mm -hmm. at Pro Player Stadium, Kevin Brown, where Andres Galarraga completely unloaded on a baseball that even though we see it on film it did land it didn't really land that was an illusion and that ball never landed still in orbit but that was that hit that grand slam against Kevin Brown at the time they said it was 579 feet Oh well, actually no, it was only five twenty nine. But then they do they brought in the the home run tracker, the stat casts, and mm-hmm. and said, um, actually no, it was probably more four hundred and sixty eight feet. But well, yeah, it's it's funny that they pull it back, and then fourteen years later, ESPN home run tracker puts it at four sixty eight, and then some well time maybe a decade after that. They take in more of the stat cast, a 3D mathematical model to determine where the home run landed to finally establish it at 524. So <laughs> it's when you have to bring in when there's so much you know, discrepancies or arguments about how far it actually went, more than likely he blasted that thing farther than they initially thought. Well, that's what they said too in some of the interviews and stuff. They, they, Originally put it what it, it 580, and they were like, "Wait a minute, that's longer than Mickey Mantle's longest home run." And we can't do that, and they change. You know, we got all kinds of conspiracy theories now on this, but holy cow, that was an absolute shot. And what what, make, what makes it even more impressive is that it didn't happen at altitude. Oh, this yeah, is exactly down in, in Miami, Florida. down in Florida, and he just blasts it. Yeah, and, and and that, like you said, that's probably his most iconic Rockies moment. Because when we ask people on on Twitter from every Rocky ever about what their favorite moment or things about Andres Galarraga, what's the thing that comes up the most? 
the grand slam, you know, the mammoth shot. And that thing just kept flying. And who knows how far it would have went if it hadn't hit anything there in that stadium. Ooh. Can you imagine if he had hit that ball at Coors Field? Yeah. <laughs> he had some monster shots at Coors Field, but that one? Oof. Mm-hmm. That one would like you said, left orbit or still floating somewhere over Wyoming. Jeez. Yeah. And, and a mammoth shot, and I think that's what people remember the most, is the home runs. No member of the Blake Street Bombers, tons of iconic home runs, but he was a guy that was slugging, and we led the league in home runs with 47 in 1996. Oh, that's still in that top five or so of single season for the Rockies. Still, nobody's ever hit 50 home runs, which is still an incredible stat to me with Colorado. But he led the league 150 RBI. Oh, those slugfests with Coors Field. Only then, in those 90s era baseball, could you have guys getting 150, 140 RBI to lead the league. Yeah, man. That's, those Looking at these stats, you're just like, we don't have, we, we haven't had that kind of production forever, it seems now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after, you know, he played till that 97 season. Um, because then it it was time Todd Helton was just knocking down the door. Mm-hmm. And so when Galarraga left, at the time, he was the club's all-time leader in home runs with 172, uh, RBI leader with 579. And then he went on to sign a three-year contract with the Atlanta Braves. And sadly, our, his time in the purple pinstripes was over. Mm-hmm. But... He was just, I think he was one of the, probably one of the best things that could ever happen to that expansion, that expansion team. And, you know, everything about him just worked. The nickname, the defense, the offense, that smile, his intensity, you know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't afraid to get, you know, get hit by a pitch and he was either going to get on first base and try to steal mm-hmm. or he, he was going to come at you swinging. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I read this to you before, but you know, Joe Girardi is, he loved to steal. He's going to steal ba- second base no matter what. And <laughs> Joe Girardi asked him, you know, big cat, what do you think? They can't see you like you're invisible. Because he's going to take off. He had 10 or more stolen bases in a season six times. Had 18 in 1996. But big guy can move and he's going to take his chance. And you now you think as a fan favorite in Colorado. And you can think of a wider scope of you know, what he means to you know the, the Latin player community. They have all those, you know, the Venezuelan players. They have their heroes. And Andres Calarraga, especially in Colorado, helps cement himself. And maybe that inspires later Rockies like Carlos Gonzalez, other Hall of Famers like Miguel Cabrera. Well, that impact in Colorado re- probably reaches much further past that time, those five years in, in purple. Oh, definitely. And thinking about it, uh, he was, you know, for me, he was my, the one of the first baseball players that, you know, 
the Venezuelan players, one of the, the, the Latino players that, that I got to, to know and, and trying to say his name correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it, I, I look back and, and yeah, that impact that he had in Venezuela. And I was watching an old video uh, when he went back and he was on a TV show and it was some guy made this huge painting of, of Andres and, and presented it to him on this TV show. Little kids came up and asked him questions and the whole time, just a smile on his face, uh, all the interviews I was going through, there were Spanish ones and the English ones and, and just always grateful and that that smile and and I think like you said uh that impact that that he had on the future generation of of Venezuelan ball players or Latin ball players in general especially when the Rockies you know they did their you know the, in 2013 they they had a Andres Galarraga bobblehead and so he came back to Colorado he went to Coors Field throughout the first pitch and seeing him watching the clips and he was there with Carlos Gonzalez caught that first pitch and mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Herrera, Rafael Betancourt, you know, all those Venezuelan the Rockies have had a lot of great Venezuelan ball players for him. And for me as a kid in 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, he was, he was, he was one of my guys. Mm-hmm. And it, from, from where I, you know, where we grew up and in our experience, that was, you know, we didn't get to interact with that a whole lot. And it's cool for me now is, is, you know, I speak Spanish. I lived in Peru and I've got friends. I've met tons of people from, from Spanish speaking countries. And whenever I find my, you know, Venezuelan, uh, I always got to talk baseball to them. <laughs> and Andres Galarraga is always a guy that's brought up and mm. especially people from, from, from Caracas, you know, he's, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And then you go to, you know, Miguel Cabrera, but Galarag is one of those first guys and they're always the gran gato. <laughs> and he's just, it's, it, he's just a really cool guy that yeah. uh, I could, I just always think of him and it brings a smile to my face because, because of, of those, those moments and thinking, man, you just, I, for me, I never think of a bad time with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's obviously a fan favorite. Everybody loved him in Colorado. Tons of people still saying that he is their favorite Rocky. Helped made them fall in love with baseball. So uh, cool to see that for you know somebody that was there living in during that that era of Rockies baseball. It's cool to see. And all in all, when all was said and done, five years in Colorado, played in six hundred seventy nine games. Ended with a, a slash line of 316, 367, 577 with a 126 OPS plus in Colorado. Had 172 home runs, 579 RBI, and 843 total hits in his five years in Colorado. So in the pantheon of Rockies, where does he land for you, Dustin? <sighs> He's one of those founding fathers, <laughs> but even though he had those five great seasons, we all know who our who our top guy is at first base. Mm-hmm. But he's he's right underneath him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I, I wouldn't put him on our Mount Rushmore of, of the Rockies, but he's right there. You know, he's a huge, you know, founding block for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, in a sense, he walks so Todd Helton could run. And, but it's more so a sprint because Galarraga was running <laughs> right before him. Yeah. I think that's right where it is where. He's number one in a lot of people's hearts, but everything else, Todd Helton's probably in front of him in a lot of those aspects. But you know, it's just cool you know, learning more about him and just seeing his impact in his career. I believe now he's just kind of living <laughs> next to a golf course in Palm Beach with his family or something like that. Uh, it's Good place to be. Just sort of chilling, chilling like a villain, as Tori Hunter told you once. Yes. <laughs> yeah but I believe that's gonna bring it to a close here for our first every Rocky ever covering an actual Rocky uh, this has been a fun one it's fun to see your enthusiasm about it about these guys that you grew up watching I mean because it was before my time and everything but as we come to a close here as always you can find us Find these stats and every other Rocky over on every Rocky ever on Twitter. You can also find me at sideline underscore crowd, and you can follow our podcast network at Rocky MTN rooftop over on Twitter, as well as the fans first sports network. And you can also find Dustin at Mr. T Spanish, but that's going to do it here for this episode. As always, thank you. And we hope to continue sharing Share your thoughts with us, your favorite memories as we share those on Twitter and call in for those moments. See what you have to say about about the Rockies and these memories you have of all your favorite players. And until next time, the Timmons Brothers will be signing off. Until next time on Every Rocky Ever. Farewell. Farewell.